Hi, you're now listening to Thirty Going On Forty podcast. This is the place where we grow old better and get wise faster. We hope you enjoy. Hello, hello. Welcome back to、uh, another episode of Thirty Going On Forty. I was about.、Uh, I was about to say, "Welcome to Think and Grow Rich,"、uh, episode forty-two, and you're in for a treat. Today we're still talking about money.、Uh, today we're talking、uh, about this book,、uh, written by Morgan Housel. Housel is it? Housel. Yeah. Morgan Housel.、Uh, the psychology of money.、Uh, you can find it online. It's、uh, highly rated. I think two thousand review on Amazon, and we're going to cover four chapters. But this is a really, really practical book for me. Uh, and a very comforting book for me. It's called the Psychology of Money,、uh, where they tell stories, and then where he tells stories. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it started with his blog post. I think it comp- he he then compiled it into a book. So this is much awaited book, and I enjoy myself、uh, reading on it.、Uh, it points out how money,、uh, money compared to like. He was talking about compared to other schools, right? Like, like is it like、uh, science or engineering, medical or technical knowledge? Ah,、uh, money is something that is a le- level playing field, right? You don't need to get a PhD in order to outsmart the system, if I'm not mistaken. And then it says that uh, how money is driven by emotions, uh, by our psychology more than uh more than anything else. So I think it's very interesting. It talks. It also talks about where where. I think、uh, off the record, Kerry mentioned about like how we think, how we make money, and how we keep money. We require two different kinds of different sets of skills. So,、uh, this is a very interesting book. Can I just read to you guys、uh, what some people have? Uh, 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 how do you say? Some people have have compiled in summary. It says that、uh, examines personal finance through the lens of human behavior. It takes a fresh. It, it's a fresh. Take on a well-trod subject. Many personal finance books、uh, focus on how the stock market works, how do you build the portfolio, how to time the market.、Uh, but Hosel's is it Hosel? I hope I get the name right. I'm sorry if you're listening. If the author is listening, <laughs> focusing focus on the relationship between people and money.、Uh, it's very interesting. It talks about how. When you go into market, right? He says that、uh, a lot of people wish that how I went, I can, I could go, I could have gone into Netflix at two thousand and ten. I would have like, you think is it thirteen thirteen hundred x my money or three thousand ah thirteen ah thirteen ah a lot of money or something. Ah,、uh, but he says that ah、uh, particularly emphasis on human variable of this equation to grasp why people bury themselves in debts. Ah.、Uh, In depth, you don't need to study interest rates. You need to study the history of greed, insecurity, and optimism. I think what he's trying to encourage us is, I think that this is something we need to have as well in a in a in a pandemic season where everything is so doom and gloom and and so scary. And then they say that there could be another pandemic, there could be another market crash. But he says to be optimistic, and so. I don't know how we're going to start this, but I can try to recall back what I learned. Ah,、uh, it talks about four chapters. Ah,、uh, and I'm going to we going we going to go through it little by little. But it says that um,、uh, I'll just read some of the takeaways first, right? Financial success is far more about how you behave than what you know. Luck and risk play a role in almost all outcome. Individual effort can only get you so far. Be careful of looking at specific examples of outcome. Well, I I love that. Look for a more general pattern, like he was comparing Bill Gates and then the what's the guy's name? Ah,、uh? Ken Adams is it?、Mm. Is it Ken Adams?、Yeah. And then the hardest financial skill is, ah,、uh, this one is talking about contentment. Ah,、uh, uh, never enough. It's just that the hardest financial skill is getting the goalposts to stop moving, and to do that, you have to stop comparing yourself to others. And start determining what is enough for yourself. Ah,、uh, so shall we? Shall we go chapter by chapter? All right. Ah,、uh, you guys have anything to 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 add? Ah,、uh, on the overview of overview of what you guys feel about the book, or maybe I can hear from Vincent. Cherry is shaking 
<laughs> I think I, I just skimmed uh, reading the book uh, so far for the first four chapters. Uh, I like this one in the sense where it's a bit like storytelling. I mean, it's, it's just uh, breaking down his experience and what he's read, what he's learned as well. And I think it's... I don't know if it's relatable yet because it still feels like this is coming from an author who is like very successful or maybe up there, but but it's in his opening chapter when he talks about like no one's crazy. Uh, I think that is also quite eye-opening or mind-opening because uh, there's this sentence which was uh, highlighted in the chapter where he said your personal experiences with money make up maybe yep. 0.00001% of what's happened in the world, but maybe 80% of how you think yeah. the world works. Uh, and it's very true. Yeah. Uh, when you take a moment to just step back and you look at it and uh, see how your perspective of money is and it's very true la. <laughs> and uh, it makes you you know sort of just reflect and wonder <laughs> or in some sense it feels like I don't know anything at all la. but it's an assurance as well where it says that no one is crazy but instead we behave based on our past financial experiences la, which mostly develops into your early adult life and from our 20s I think uh, I don't know I, I, I wish I knew a, a little bit more when I was in my 20s uh, as compared to my 30s because like he, he I think later on he does talk about uh, compounding interest and all these sort of things. Uh, one of the greatest assets that I feel for me is time uh, and what time has been lost that can't be gained back. And of course, the best time is 10 years ago. The second best time is now. Um, but still, uh, uh, it, it was a loss uh, of what could have been gained. Uh, but but Hello. I think it's just just better now, lah. Thirty going on forty, the reshaping of just how how I think, how I see the world, how money works. Uh, yeah, I think it's 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 something worth, or at least should lah be looking into now even more lah. So yeah, I think later on we'll break down those in the next few chapters also. I think you started with the first chapter already. It talks about no one's crazy, uh, and. It gives me a little bit of make me less judgmental about myself because like I realized that there's so many like poor judgment that I've made in the past. Or like I look back at like how lucky like when 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 I make a good financial call, it was not because I'm smarter than other people, but it was uh it was this is chapter two about luck luck we'll talk about that one later, but it talks about how your worldview and nobody's crazy. It talks about how people are buying lottery tickets. I think it's true, you know. Uh, how, because Americans spend more time, uh, who are the ones who buy lottery tickets? They are the poor people because they don't have enough money. Therefore, they are trying so hard to uh, mm. to hope that lottery can t- turn their life around. He, the, the, author is not, the author is not recommending people to go and buy lottery tickets, but he's like giving us the psychology of people who are buying lottery tickets. Like you don't buy lottery tickets, you don't go and judge those who are buying because you don't know why what they were being shipped like they are not crazy they are crazy to some extent in, in a certain way but they're also not crazy because they're trying to they're trying to change their fate and then lottery is the way they know how uh there's this one person where uh the mother is it the mother or Anne or, was working in a sweatshop and then the western uh readers or viewers would, would condemn it say uh, you know it's it's not uh, labor, uh, labor being abused uh, but yeah. in actual fact uh, where she came from her background because she was a prostitute this sweat, yeah. uh, sweatshop when your job is actually uh, a better life in a sense uh. so like you were describing that like for example like, if I could say the value of 100 to us uh, could be very different from someone else uh, who, who sees the value of 100 ringgit so differently uh. Yeah, it will be different from our parents as well. Like the, the way that our parents value money and all those things. I feel that because of our, our environment, we tend to be more, we in general, we tend to be more risk-taking. Would you, would you guys think so? Like, we, yep. <laughs> Maybe the value of 100 bucks have changed also or, or inflation. Like, We tend to put things on... Like I was thinking about where why why the older folks they are more scared. Uh, my 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 parents is an exception, but you look at the older folks, they look at all these apps and all these things like you're putting money and then you're paying to someone that's unknown. 
and then you got all these peer-to-peer things. Like it's because the way that they that their environment as well has shaped them to see how it is, mm-hmm. and then how the world war has also has also shaped their view. Uh. so saving in our our, our parents' generation could be the way to go. Uh. Of course, now you tell people saving this this generation will laugh at your savings. Uh, they tend to have more they they have more risk tolerance. Uh, they like to take more risk. Maybe because they were not hit by the uh, they were not badly hit by the war or the, the, the economy downturn like the yeah, recession 1997, 1998. So I, I think that that's something that it gives me a little bit of sense of like I feel a little bit better about myself. Uh because uh and and Ming well, how how does this chapter uh, change your perspective like I, I'm a little bit more open-minded towards other people and I will be more open-minded to the fact that my worldview could be wrong because like I have a bad experience with this therefore like my, my dad has issue with buying stocks and share because he has a bad experience he's I think you, not just my dad I think you you mentioned about your dad as well I mean, is it that you, you dad went and buy this and it all went down went down went down went down went down, went down. many years ago I think in UK that time uh, my dad bought I don't know what stocks mm. and then for many years uh, and it's until today it's still down uh, <laughs> I don't know already what, what they do with it uh. yeah so my dad also tries to buy stocks uh, so his, 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 his experiences he bought it and then it went down and then it went down and then he lost a lot of money so that's why he, he's more cautious with so that shapes his worldview, worldview so whenever we talk about stocks and all those things he's more he's more he has more reservation towards buying stocks and all those things mm-hmm. uh, uh, maybe buying gold wise maybe he is if you ask him about gold and currency maybe perhaps he would like that idea more like holding USD or holding that kind of because my, my sister is in the United States so he, he feels a little bit more safe holding a little bit of USD but uh, of course I, I'm in a dilemma. Like, is it a good thing when USD goes down? <laughs> so, it's a good thing when USD goes down uh, for us to buy things, but it's a bad thing because my sister is there. Uh, it's, when USD went up, it's a good thing for her. So, uh, so it's, it's something that's... Okay, but anyhow, that also shapes our worldview. So, yeah, ask me about stocks and all those things. Yeah, uh, I do invest in a little bit of stocks and some went red. Uh, pandemic time, all of it went red and then all dropped 50%. Wow, that really <laughs> that really deserves my emotions. And you really you're really in a dilemma. Should you sell or not? I'm glad that I, it's not that I I look back, it's not that I don't want I, I it's not not a dilemma for me. It's like I cannot sell. It went down too low already, so I have to wait. Uh, but I understand how the worldview is uh, so I, I get to I I, I tend to have a little bit of uh, more empathy for people uh, to, to see that, oh, okay, some people believe in unit trust. Some people believe in stash away. Some people believe in nine to five. Uh. If you ask me, I, I'm leaning towards nine to five than being an entrepreneur. It still feels a little bit safe, <laughs> uh, but I could be wrong because it's my worldview. Uh, because I've been through the pandemic, I know <laughs> how, how it feels. Yeah. So what about you, Vincent? Like, how has this, that this chapter shape you. I think when it says like people behave with money based on experiences they have had, not facts that they studied, and emotions are more tuned in rather than the facts because it's reflected in people's behavior. But you mentioned also about stocks, uh, investing, and how you deal with money. I think for me also, I think there's some part of me where emotionally also is very tied to it, where if I see everything red, I think I also start to... <laughs> to panic and then you know rather than hold on for dear life and you know, you start want to dump stuff and all like last time also with crypto ma, for for the 2018 crash uh i lost half of yeah. what i invested but had i you know kept my emotions in check uh, and rather just be level-headed a bit uh that you can see now like fast forward three years later to today that uh i think it's you could have, you could have earned thousands. Uh, few, it's about, few. yeah, about four times the amount already. Uh, so it's very interesting. Uh, and I think it's, I don't, like you mentioned about our parents uh, from their own upbringing and then how we ourselves have been brought up. Uh, I think 
yeah, this without a doubt, it actually does influence uh, our own knowledge or experience with money as well and what we do with it. And I think now, I don't know, I like, like you, you, you mentioned about now you're a bit open minded to how uh, people have on opinions and uh, their thoughts on money. For myself, I think I don't know what to think if you ask me honestly, because it seems like there's no surefire way. You have uh, between generations, uh, an older generation who has worked with stability, and then you have a newer generation because of that stability, it contributes to them having a higher risk tolerance. Uh, and I feel that our generation is a little bit stuck in between. We are, we were at the edge of technology that was booming, like millennials. We we are a stick a bit stuck in the past a bit, but yet at the same time looking forward in the future, lah. I don't know if it makes sense, uh, but, but what I'm trying to yeah. say is that we we seem to be in between uh, a boomer generation who has gained a lot being in that stability and also a Gen Z generation which are just going crazy uh, with, with all the future and digital technology. Uh, so if you ask me like then Vincent, how then should I handle my money? Honestly, I wouldn't know, uh, but... <laughs> But learning, we from, wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Uh, but learning from this, you know, seeing from this, I don't know if it's right to say either. Uh, this is just my own opinion. Uh. But to find a, a good mixture between the two, uh, there is, I mean, later on, I haven't read the rest of the book yet, but I think it's 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 good to experience both. Uh, because I think, I don't know if it's in this book where it's saying like, as much as I can know about something, uh, uh, is it until I leave it out, only then I'll... I'll have the experience and the know-how of things. Uh. So a boomer can tell me so much about stability. A Gen Z can tell me so much about risk, about taking risk. But it's until I myself experience doing it, st- being stable, or I experience myself taking the risk on digital cryptocurrency, it is only then that I can really have my own formation of experience and know-how on managing finance. Uh. I, I guess uh, uh, I, I think from I, I think that's that's what the old author says uh, like those kind of experience that uh, you cannot duplicate uh, like you wouldn't feel that uncertainties and doubts right mm-hmm. like uh, that kind of market downturn and like for those people who are a student like like because uh, I'm I work in a university for students who are university students who are not in the workplace they come from a well family right uh, and then for us who experience the pandemic you you wouldn't know like how stressful it is and I wouldn't know how stressful it is to be an entrepreneur during pandemic. I think Vincent, you would have no more uh, like the Squarespace that season and then two months lockdown and then like, uh, so that also gives us a little bit of perspective uh, and I think it, it, it makes me humble uh, and it makes me, uh, it makes, yeah, it makes me a little bit more open-minded and, and it's okay to have two of the brightest minds uh, who disagree Greece, uh, who are financially like like financially like some of the people are criticizing Mark Cuban like Mark Cuban doesn't know anything about crypto when he talks about Dogecoin uh, so so that's something that different people got different opinions uh. if you ask me I, I don't know I, I don't fully understand but I understand I, I can see the power of meme uh, uh, the power mm. of meme can be uh, because like we, we really I really don't have any clue why Dogecoin can be so successful because it's like it, you don't understand why like people are starting to say you can accept it so I, I don't know that's something that I don't know but I can be a little bit more open-minded Kerry you got anything to add on this chapter? Uh, I think what I get from this is uh, like it's about luck and risk is very that's a very thin line now. Like eighty percent chance. I think you need to you need to uh, you have to you have to explain again. Your voice you're being cut off. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, what I get from this book is like um, like luck and risk. Uh, it's very close la. So when you make an investment, you can either, uh, you know, have the chance of 
earning or even a chance of losing money. So like, uh, so I don't know, like, uh, like what you say, all like it's. Can you hear me? It's, yeah, it's what? Sorry, it's what? We got cut off again. It's, it's based on our experience. Yeah. I mean, like, like you, you, you tell, you, you ask people, right? You ask, you ask a lot of us, right? Like, why do you guys, why do you guys put your wallet in front? Like, put it in the front pocket. A lot of them, they will tell you that, oh, because I live in KL. <laughs> that will be the story that they do uh, because of the experience. Uh, it's true, right, Vincent? Like, you, you, when you're living in KL, you will put your wallet in the, in the front pocket. Uh, your bag yeah. also. Your... Yeah, you, you put your bag. You know, like, you're so, you look so stupid and ugly holding your bag like that. So, you tell them, so it's, it's... trust me, I'm, I lived in KL. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Kevin. You know, I told my brother... I told my brother that I invested in like X the what uh, a Ripple coin lah, and then he told me like have to be careful lah, because he had a bad experience because previously he did invest in some coins, but then apparently he got scammed lah, and <laughs> he lost like uh like a few thousand lah. So well, after that, the- he didn't invest anymore. <laughs> If there's a thousand word there, uh, I can tell you, uh, your, your life will be shaped by it. Uh. When it's a thousand thing, uh, it will shape. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But maybe see, because... It's very yeah, true. Uh, because like, you see, like the Bitcoin, my own Bitcoin experience, uh, 2018, although I know the what ifs and all that, uh, but there's just that sense of reluctancy, you know, where, where because of what you experience, uh, you become either very reserved or super cautious already because of what you experience. Uh. But but I can tell you, Vincent, if you, you, you lost is hundred, you lost hundreds, right? But if it's a thousands, uh, uh, you will be the one who will be an evangelist for for saying no to <laughs> cryptocurrency. Yeah. Uh, so I think like something, will we reach yeah. a point where will we reach a point where like a thousand is like a hundred to us? And I was thinking like. And I was thinking like, um, like, do we, like for you, uh, Kelvin, you said like uh, you've experienced some, you know, some losses through investment. Like, did that stop you from, somehow make you, stop you from investing anymore? I, I think it's, it's something that's very dangerous because like, for me, I'm the kind of person is, you, you have to control me. If I, I don't gamble, but if I gamble, right, I will be like the guy that is like, when I lose thousand, uh, I will be like, okay, I have to find ways to earn back my thousands. It's like World Cup, uh, you know? You, you guys watch World Cup, right? Like uh, in the final round, uh, two countries. Once, uh, if you see the first part when it's new, new, right? Zero versus zero. Everyone is playing very defensive and very careful. But when you are the losing team and then the opponent uh, scored one goal towards you, uh, what, what will be your response as a, as a national team? You start attacking and then makes your your defense even weaker because you're quick you're, you're trying to score a goal immediately so i think that for me my attitude of, it's not so much reserve it's more of like i have to win back that money i have to so so that's why i cannot gamble i really cannot gamble uh, and to be frank i think cryptocurrency is gambling to be honest uh. my, my opinion is it's still a form of gambling because you don't know uh it, it's, it is it is a bigger gamble than putting in stocks uh, because uh, because stocks is uh, my 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 rationale is this uh, you, you invest in stocks is by Friday the market will close already so you're not competing and then in Malaysian market you're only competing with Malaysians or, or those who are interested in Malaysian market but if you're investing in crypto 24-7 people are pumping and people are dumping you can go to bed right and then you wake up uh, you can lose all your money or so. so it's really gambling that that money that you put uh, Kerry mentioned like in Ripple right if you pray that those big wells will not sell, because if those big wells sell, that's why that's why there's something that I, I heard, I, I, I read that's very interesting. Is there's a person who owns 27%, 27.2, I think. I, I don't know how many, but a large portion, close to 20% of Doge, the whole Doge, Dogecoin. 
So if he pulls out, right, he decided like, okay, I earn enough already, I time to uh, time to cash out for my money. Uh. He liquidate his all his money. Uh. I can tell you uh, the whole mm. cryptocurrency who who go down. These are the things that we're very scared. Uh. In, in stock market also, but then in crypto is a bigger well. Uh. So uh, but for me, I, I I think because the desire of wanting more, mm. a little bit greedy uh, is, is there. Uh. So I'm we are Christians, we shouldn't be greedy, but I, naturally I'm I'm a little bit greedy. I want more. Uh, I'm not satisfied with my life now. Uh, so, but I, I'm, I live a very blessed life, uh, uh, to, to be frank. Uh, uh, not a lot of people got views of the sea. Uh. My, my apartment, I do have sea view uh, uh, and it's a rented place. But then we, we take these little things for granted. But uh, yeah, so that's me. Uh. What about you guys? Uh? I think Vincent is more reserved. <laughs> is it? But for me, it's like, I got to find ways to earn back. So that's 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 my natural response. So I need someone to hold me back. Yeah. I think it ties into the following chapter about have uh what never having enough. Uh, where you talk about you said the goalpost keeps moving. Yeah. And I think it's it's true la. Like like carry a little on you asked also like when would one thousand be like equivalent to spending one ring? I mean I just quickly Google right if the average American uses one US dollar. Uh, that's equivalent to like Jeff Bezos using 1.7 million. Uh. Like, can you imagine the value difference? <laughs> Your, I mean, the, the author, uh, Houser, he does say here, our minds can't even comprehend. Uh, like we talked about Warren Buffett. Uh, he earned his billions after he was like 50 years old onwards. Uh. The mind can't really comprehend, comprehend, comp- comprehend that amount. Uh. I think, all of us, three of us, we're Asians, we're Chinese. I think even in the Chinese language, uh, there's no existent language for that amount of money, right? If, I, if I'm correct. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Like, Trillion, no. Uh, no. So it, it, it's actually mind-boggling uh, for the amount of money and we can never have enough. Uh. It's, it's very true. Uh. And like, uh, yeah, I mean... I, I don't want to... Okay, I, maybe I'm blaming on our race, uh, but Chinese is also very... Chinese naturally wants more money. La. I, I would say. <laughs> would you guys agree? Of it's course, so for Sabahans, uh, <laughs> but for, for, for East Malaysian Sabahans, we are not as as hungry, as greedy, naturally, but then we are still Chinese. I think it's, uh, it's in our blood. <laughs> Do you guys think so? To some degree. Yeah. There's, there's, one, there's one part here in the chapter 3 uh, it said, There's no reason to risk what you have and need For what you don't have and don't need uh. This is very overlooked yeah. Especially by the more wealthy Like, I try to relate to myself uh, If there's something that you know, I don't have and I don't need uh, But yet I go and risk myself for the sake of it Then I don't know whether It's not a good idea uh, I mean I can tie it back to the previous chapter uh, Whether I it will be in luck for me or it's just a risk that I am uh, unknowingly putting on myself pointlessly. La. So I, 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 I get it from this book, right? I know that we're jumping here and there. It's like, you really cannot compare yourself with others. Mm. Uh, it's like, and, and, and that gives me a lot of hope because like, first, I'm not a big five profession. So why, why do you expect me to, like, some people... Some people, they can earn a lot of money. I, I watched a video where they talk about all these crypto millionaires. Uh, these crypto people who are crypto millionaires, why, why they are millionaires? Because beforehand, they already have a lot of money compared to people who have no money and then who are giving, putting a lot of money. So they, they, are, they themselves, they already have a lot of money to begin with, to throw away. So that's how they, they earn their wealth. So for example, it gives me some hope, but at the same time, like... If I earn like a two two thousand five hundred ringgit uh, salary, it's not the end of the world for me because it's not so much how it's not just the input. A lot of people focus on uh, increasing your input, like your, your your salary. But then, how you do with your input can still the story of the janitor uh, is a story that uh, brings comfort to me. Where it's okay, I I I don't earn as much as other people. I I'm not the I'm not a specialized kind of I'm not a lecturer. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a programmer or, or, or I don't know, like a project manager or engineer where you, you, you can get very high or lawyer, but still you, 
there's ways to work around it. it. It may be slower than other people, but then you can still maximize your money. That's something that I learned from, from the book. Right? That's what I, I, I gather on. Kerry, you got anything to add? Uh, mm. All right. So I will we'll go to the next. I think Kerry teased us on the, the second chapter a little bit already. It's about uh, risk and uh, risk and luck and risk. Luck and risk are both powerful force, forces guiding your financial success. When you judge someone's financial success, it's never as good as or bad as it seems. These two forces are always guiding them. So I think it's true. Yeah? I think it's really, really true. I was thinking about the Hong Kong millionaires. They are now, they're very, a lot of them are millionaires. They just, they were lucky because of the SARS outbreak. They took a risk. Uh, but then turns out the risk uh, works for their favor. They went and buy all these, uh, all these properties that people are selling it at a very low cost. And then years later, they become millionaires. Because now you're talking about like uh, one property in one small apartment in Hong Kong is 14 million ringgit. Uh, 14 million wow. ringgit. One small apartment. You're talking about 700 to 800 square feet. It's 14 million ringgit. It's oh, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so these people, I think the prices went down, if I'm not mistaken, to as low as, if I'm not mistaken, 300, 300 to 500 K ringgit, I think, 2003. Oh, I think low. so, I think so, I think very low, if I'm not mistaken, because so people start buying up all these properties. They are taking a risk, they can lose a lot of money, but then, so it was because they were lucky. And I can say that a lot of times that we are lucky because, uh, for example, um, I get to invest in a stock. Why did I invest in that stock? Because I work in that company. So I know that that company is, is doing well. And then I can say that Vincent in some ways is partially lucky because he knows he, he knows his friend is working in this company. Yeah. So he gets to. So it has to do with, we're Christian, we don't talk about luck, but your favorite, like your, your favorite, there's a lot of people who don't have that information. So that's why they don't. Uh, I think Vincent cash out on your stock did really well. Uh, it's I in think the green, five, it's in the green. Uh, uh, 5x, I think 5x your money, uh, 3x, 3x your money. Three Around there, I think. Yeah. I check, calculate. Yeah, so, so there's a lot of all these things. So it's not like, so I, I don't like to hear people when people say, there's something that, it doesn't bring me more empathy, but it gives me a, a more disgust over people who says that I'm successful because I work hard. I don't believe that. Like, you're not successful because you work hard. You, you're successful because you have a head start over people. You get, your parents are educated or your parents understand the importance of education. Like, oh, why am I good in piano? Because I, I work hard. Some, some people in the village, they don't even get the opportunity to learn piano. Of course, I like YouTube now. YouTube makes the, like, level the playing field even more. Like people can just learn anything on YouTube. You can learn piano, you can you can learn guitar. But then I think it's very unfair. Uh, sorry, this is a personal like anger. It's like you get to go overseas. Stop, stop. So you can see some of the earth. <laughs> I, I, I hear people coming back from Australia and say, oh my goodness, Malaysia is so bad. Oh, this, oh, this is so dirty. Oh my goodness, in, in Australia, dude, you're, you're, you're Malaysian. You get to go overseas to study. Stop comparing. And then when you're successful, it's because your parents are well. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't say as though like. It's not fair for me. I will find ways to be successful, but I will not compare myself with you because you got a head start. But I will maximize my life. So that's something that that's I, I. Yeah. So I need you to want be reminded on that also. If 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 uh since on this chapter lah, uh, uh, just throwing out a question uh, is it possible to increase? on either side, uh, like uh, you, you talk about luck and risk, uh, that it's some, somehow it's, you know, for some different people, opportunity and all that. But Kelvin, you mentioned about somehow, you know, we don't compare, but in, in ways to leverage playing field. Uh, is there ways uh, where you can actually build, build up uh, the tendency to be lucky per se, or to be, yeah, yeah. you know, more favored in a sense, or in some ways to lessen my risk factor and all that, other ways for it. Uh, I, 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 a quick answer that I can talk, think of from the back of my mind is like, uh, for me, uh, there's reasons why I cling, cling on and then like hold on to this friendship with you, Vincent. Uh. 
for so many years. Uh. That's something that I, I, I'm investing because I know that I will become more lucky uh, oh, uh, because I feel that in terms of financially, <laughs> so. you are a little bit, a little bit, uh, not a little bit, not, not an insult, but you are, you are quite a few steps ahead of me in that. So uh, like for me, it's like, I feel that people who decided to burn or, or like to, to, to underestimate that, that kind of relationship, that friendship, it's, it's, it's not so smart. Lah. So I, I feel that your association will make, make you luckier. Lah. Of course, yeah. that also revolves around ministry also. For example, if you, if you aspire to become uh, 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 spiritually hung, hung, you want to become uh, a, a spiritual, st- spiritually strong person, you cling on to people who have the discipline of waking up early to pray like <laughs> five in the morning, right? You, you put yourself in a place where they would, they would do that. So for me, that would be it. And I'm thinking like, feel free to interrupt me later. I'm wondering like, would it become lucky? Let's say, let's say if we, we go on to the stock market, right? Uh, and then we buy, we put 200 bucks for the top 20 stock. Would that increase your luck? luck? I, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> or would you like straight away like, for me, so I'm that's, that's, because when we talked about you talked about you know when you were working in your company you you had the info and then you shared it with me and Carrie you know so I'm thinking like when we we sort of increase our percentage to so-called be lucky or decrease my risk uh, uh, um, uh, the risk factor lah. because like for example like, if that's the case uh, that means like you talk about association uh, associating with people, networking with people are uh, to increase in some sense increase your probability that you know when the opportunity comes uh, uh, either from insider info or from things that we do but that is also a risk don't you think so it's, it's, like, yeah. it's, you know, it's <laughs> such a thin line uh, between luck and risk uh. Uh, i'll use an example i use an example like i think vincent also knows you work in a, you work in your firm uh one of the things that's very important for a company's firm especially people who are on the management or the director thing they don't. They are not the ones who do the work themselves. But one of the things that's very important is lobbying. Uh. you have to you have to associate yourself with the YBs because you want to get projects correct. Uh, uh, you whatever industry it is, uh, you you want to hang out with with YB. You want to hang out with government officials because that will increase your luck, right? Mm. And 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 something that I, I this is a funny story. Uh, my colleague, my, my, my previous manager or my previous colleague, she uh, says that the whole company was trying so hard lobbying to this, this minister. So they bring him up, belanja him, buy him this, buy him that. And then like, like shape, they shape the, the, the relationship. They work really hard. And then they know that they got chance to more in favor to become lucky to get the project. Then suddenly 2018 happened where the, the election changed. And then they changed the energy minister, which is uh, Yobin, YB Yobin, took over the position. So it's like, you don't even know how lucky you get. <laughs> so the way to do is like what, what we can think of is the 10x song, you know, by outdo other people, by, by, mm. by, by putting more effort to more, more kinds of, more kinds of things instead of I, I don't know, could it be? What What do you guys think? I I think that that's something that you you cannot you cannot predict, but you just have to act on your act on your judgment. Uh. So for me, my understanding, my worldview, my point zero 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 one way of one percent worldview uh, of money is loyalty works uh. Lo- lo- the, the value of loyalty, the value of giving good value, the value of being an honest person still still works in the long run. Uh, so that's, that's, that's uh, I, I think scamming may work for some people, but not everyone is lucky. Majority of the people are not that lucky. Uh. But chances of you becoming successful through loyalty, through, 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 uh, giving your time for people, I think that's still a better way to work. Uh. So, yeah. That's not, anything, what about you, Vincent? You haven't said your own opinion about how do you feel that it can increase? Increase? Oh, uh, yeah. That's why I, I mentioned uh, about the, I was thinking it's more increasing your networking, meeting people, and all those opportunities. Uh. But like you say, it's also a double-edged sword. Uh. It's at the same time, uh, when you increase your factor in terms of getting more probability and being lucky, 
you are at vulnerable also. Uh, you're also increasing your risk factor at the same time also la. So it's both ways la. But he does point out here la, saying in the chapter it says, uh, don't just do or not do something because it worked for person A, because it's easy to get blindsided by the powerful but silent forces. Focus on broke patterns and not individuals uh, Because in this book he did talk about you know some billionaires or billionaires uh, it seems like, like you said, uh, because of their family, the upbringing, and the, the environment, uh, it seems like they were lucky, uh, or may or may not be. But uh, whatever they, they do or, or whatever they don't do may not work for uh, the average people, <laughs> in a sense, uh, if I can put it that way. Uh. Yeah. Or rather, we yeah, have to yeah. see broader patterns or uh, more general patterns uh, that has a highly better likelihood uh, to work for people who are on the average line now where I'll put myself now. I, 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 can, can I can I ask this question? I think that's something that is very easy for us to judge that oh he had a head start. But what if people tell you uh, like Vincent of course you got a head start. How do you accept it or carry of course carry you went to one academy. It's it's so unfair. You know mm-hmm. I, I went to PJCAD nobody knows that or I went to Lingkowing, Lingkowing has got such a bad reputation. Like when people say that you're just being lucky, how, how do you take it? Uh? Yeah, I'll beg to differ a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think, so you uh, see, that's the natural response, but then, yeah. yeah. But I'm Sorry. thinking like you talk about this series, The Undercover Billionaire, like Grand Cardona. I mean, uh, I, I don't know his uh, full background and history and all, but just picking all the pieces where he was in his late 20s, then he really started to turn his life around and, you know, earn millions and billions already. But are people willing to, to, you know, let, let's say like he, you know, he has his 10x rule and all that and he, he preaches it like the gospel to him, to, to people around and uh, 10x, uh, it may work for certain individuals and all, but there are bound to be certain amount of individuals who may not subscribe to such a pattern because uh, uh, it demands a lot. It requires a lot of sacrifice and commitment at the same time. Uh, but, I mean, just putting out there in general uh, among all the principles. What I'm trying to say is that uh, what may work for some people uh, and some other people it may not work either or so. Uh. But like the, the question that, that you talk about, you're, 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 true, you're right. Uh, it's like it, it, it depends on the circumstances. But like because I can now with, given what I read from this book, uh, uh, people say that I can look at people with a different eye and say you're lucky. Then when people accuse me of being lucky, right? I'm more willing to admit that, yeah, to some degree, I'm lucky. You know, I, I was born, I was born in a small town in Sandakan, but I, I didn't have to grow up there uh, because my, my dad was being posted in KK. You know, imagine can, if I grew up in Sandakan, I wouldn't, my mentality would be very different. Like, I'm not, I'm not, shade, I'm not throwing shades at people who are from Sandakan or Tawa or small town, but it's, it's true. Uh, people from Tawau, they are either inheriting their father's plantation, which is very lucky, or they are just going to live their life there. Uh, so <clears throat> so I'm, I'm thinking like, I will be more able to, or like people, like talking about ministry, people will say, oh, Kevin, you're just lucky. you got all these people helping you and all that. Of course, I will get offended in the past. Like, no, it takes a great person to attract people. But then now it's more of like, yeah, I'm lucky. Yeah. Uh, I am quite lucky. I got I got great people who are willing to believe in me when I don't believe in myself. Uh, this, uh, I got talented people around me. So so that's kind of attitude that I have. Uh, Kerry, you got anything to, to add on to that? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I think like I was reminded of like instinct. Uh, like some people has a good instinct. Like they know like which one should I take risk on? Which one not? I think like, and then I think partly also values, the values that you hold on to. Sorry. Carrie, you're muted. Values really? And, yeah, your values and what? Oh, your values. The values, your value uh, towards money also will affect how you, how you handle your money, I think. Like, um, yeah. Like for us uh, as a Christian, uh, our, uh, we learn about like generosity. La. We learn also giving. So we learn that uh, like what we have, 
is given lah. Like it's mm. not all like because of our own effort, but it's yeah. somehow, yeah. somehow uh we believe in God lah. So we believe that some things uh like we're we're being born in you know maybe in US or Sanakan or KK or KL, like all of it like sort of like when we think about it like oh are we lucky? Actually, I think maybe like this was all pre-planned by, you know, yeah. by God. By the divine, by the God. By the divine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you believe in God. Yeah, someone yeah. who's not Christian would ask me, like you Christians believe in favor. You don't want to call it luck, you know, being lucky or being yes, favored. That's right. Like, isn't it the that's same? Right. I think I would say yeah, yeah. maybe similar, but along the lines where what is grace? Uh? Grace is unmerited favor. Uh, it's undeserved but yet we have it and that is definitely by the grace of God so there are people who seem to have been I mean there's a whole idea and we can talk about this for another 2-3 hours or so but <laughs> yes correct but I'm saying just that yeah there is common grace at the same time but our Christian views like what Carrie said it does really shape uh, our values on, on things in life as well and I think for, for worldview like Sigra it's more of like how do you maximize your luck like you, are, I'm not as lucky as the luckiest person that I know of, but I'm definitely luck, more lucky. Um, I'm luckier than a lot of people. So how do you maximize it? It's like I'm not in KL, but I'm in Penang. Can I maximize my luck? Or, or, or like in Christian terms, it's like how do you respond to the favor that is given to you? So for me, it's like okay, I, I don't have one million dollars or one million ringgit. I do have a little bit of. Understand, I have books, I have knowledge, we have podcasts. Can we maximize what we have now? So, th- so th- those are the things that we, uh, that I, my takeaway is that, and, and, and then to, for, as Christians, I will say like daily, like ask, ask God to increase my favor, uh, increase favor in my life, like, like God, or help me to be more aware of the favor. Sometimes you are very lucky, you don't even know that you're lucky. Uh, so like they talk about the, the story of Bill Gates right uh, he was lucky because there was this university that believes in investing in good uh, good computers uh, so he, he, he get to, he get exposed at the age of 13 so so yeah I think I think we even though we covered more of the first two chapters but I think we, uh, we first three chapters of contentment as well uh, which is something that I, I love uh, uh, compounding is uh, never underestimate the power of compounding. I, I think that you guys can read on the book. We will try to wrap it up here. Any last last things before we we end this episode? I think it's good. I think this is a, this is something that is a lot of reflection and just talking through with what we're learning. And I hope uh, listeners you will find this uh, uh, enjoyable or meaningful. Uh, so yeah, before we go, anything that you guys wanna. Uh, uh, sponsored. You want to talk about? Maybe I will start with. Uh, one of the things that I, I love is this product that I have in my hand is Kindle. Uh, I don't know which version is this, but <laughs> this is a Kindle where you can go underwater. Uh, oh. and yeah, oh. this this is the yeah. So you can wow. literally go to the swimming pool and, and read read your books. So this what? is uh, waterproof I, uh, Kindle. Yeah. Let me let me let me. See. If I'm not mistaken, this is around eight, eight, 800 bucks. Kindle. Oh. Yeah, so if you, you can ask me drop Kindle. it to the swimming pool? Yeah, but, but it's... Uh, I think there's... there's water- a I don't know how many meters. Two different things, huh? <laughs> this one is of- waterproof. <laughs> There's a difference uh, between spilling water on it and going to a swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is paper white. This is paper white. Uh, waterproof. Uh, so for me, I'll, I'll say uh, 8 gig storage could be enough, uh, will, will, will be mm. more than enough. I don't know. For the next next few years, it should be more than enough. So this is a Kindle paper white waterproof, uh, uh, 8 gig. Uh, so this is something that you can listen to Audible, but you have to use a Bluetooth, uh, Bluetooth headphone. But this is something that I really love a lot. I'm reading... The psychology of money from this book as well. Uh, this is good for the eye. I would prefer this over an iPad, and this is cheaper than the iPad. So Kindle Paperwhite. Go check it out. I think you can buy it on Shopee or Lazada or even Amazon. 
should invest a few right? hundred into Kindle stocks. <laughs> Amazon, Amazon. Amazon, Amazon. Amazon uh. Uh, but Amazon, Amazon doesn't give any dividend, uh, just so you know. Amazon and Tesla, they don't give dividends. They want you to trust in the stock so much that when you sell it, it's higher than you bought it. Uh. Alright. Okay. Uh, uh I want to um okay, I want to talk about um a store which I really like. It's Mr. DIY. Okay, okay. look for that stock, look for the stock. Okay, the <laughs> IPO, IPO went up high or bottom that time. Uh it's yeah. not about the stock. Uh for me I I like this brand because uh, they sell house uh houseware, uh house household thing. At a really cheap price and affordable price, so like I enjoy going there, shopping there, and also, uh, buying toys for Louis from that shop, lah. Go to the DIY. Mister DIY, yeah. Mister DIY. Vincent, the there's an app that I want to promote. I wish you can sponsor us one day. Stash away. It's a. Why is it good? Because sometimes we think, uh, I need to know this and know that to invest into stocks in the share market. But this app is using artificial intelligence. So it helps you to mitigate any risks and uh, any factors. Lah. So for example, I've been using it for about a year and a half now. And during the crash uh, in March earlier this year, right, it almost went down to my starting price of what I was invested, the amount that I invested in the stocks. But because of the AI helped to mitigate the damage and the risk, it bounced back up again, lah. So, uh, I don't know if it's tried and tested. That one I can only tell results five, ten years later. But for now, uh, I'm quite confident. I'll say probably about seventy percent to eighty percent. That it's what what would you recommend people? Do you recommend people to put like a, uh, like a one 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 sum, or do you encourage them to put it by portion? For like, me, I think what what, what do you view? portion uh, because uh time made a book about compounding interest uh, uh there's something about that uh, rather than you put uh one lump sum can also but your when doing so then the probability of increase from interest may not be as high as compared to compounding interest uh. so okay yeah how how right what's up, the right minimum how, there's what's no the minimum, minimum that's the amazing thing about you, this also you, you are, can put you are, 50 bucks also can yeah you are free to okay. put in any amount that you need la. okay all right all right hope you guys enjoyed today's episode uh we're going to the next episode that we do is going to be slightly different and then after that we're going to continue on this book i hope you guys will go and read the book for yourself uh thank you for listening to the going on 40 podcast goodbye bye, bye. thank you bye Yay! <laughs>